hearing aid. <laughs> Test, test. Houston, we have a go. <laughs> Thanks, Judah, for that <laughs> courtesy laugh. All right. Well, bless you all, the frozen chosen. Um, I was driving this morning thinking that being from Minnesota has its disadvantages. Uh, in a Tulsa snowy day because arrogantly I didn't think I needed a garage when I bought a house. And uh, so there's about an eighth to a quarter inch of ice on the windshield. And uh, again, arrogantly, uh, a man from Minnesota will never, uh, not never, but just can't keep track of and is very reluctant to buy a scraper of any kind. And so I end up using a credit card or a blockbuster card and about a gallon of windshield wiper fluid and peering out this little hole as I head down the street. So um, I, I knew you'd want to hear that. And so a pancake turner? Well, um, I wanted to talk in a very informal way this morning about the TCF Missions Conference, and so the title is the TCS, TCF Missions Conference in Review, because I don't know about you, but I felt we had an exceptionally rich and even, I'll use the word, seminal uh, missions conference. And um, so in order to... to to talk about this, I want to think in terms of three sections. The first section, I want to make you aware of um, my read on the elders' goals for this year's conference. The second section will be what I think the Holy Spirit said to us as a church. And uh, certainly, um, you have your own you, you uh, have your own ways that the Holy Spirit spoke to you, and I'd like to for you to compare what you think with what I think. And then lastly, it seems to me that we have some new um, ministry opportunities that I think we should talk about and consider and pray about. So um, going to the elders' goals for the conference... The very first goal I'd like to talk about is to communicate again uh, that the call to world missions is a unique call of TCF. Most of you know this. Um, in the early history of our church, the leadership prayed that God would take our best, amen? Um, and certainly he has done that. We have mentioned from this pulpit several times that we view our people as a checking account rather than a savings account, that TCF would, we would make deposits into people, and, uh, but God could make withdrawals whenever he chose to. Um, Jim, a few weeks ago, said that in the early 1980s, TCF was looking for, what is our unique calling? What is, there's 986 churches in Tulsa in the early uh, 80s, probably more, many more now, but 
our church should have a unique calling, and what is it? And the leadership sought God, and world missions is what um, they came to believe is God's unique call for us. We have kind of a um, strict or um, very clear definition of what missions is. We don't consider evangelism in our own culture missions. Uh, We don't consider community outreach the same as missions. Missions means overseas missions or at least cross-cultural missions uh, in our country and our community. So a very definite and clear definitions of missions. We have 15 family units and singles right now that are supported either financially or through prayer or both. And uh, currently about 22% of our church budget, as best I can figure it, goes towards missions. That's an amazing figure, isn't it? 22%. Um, And just under 20% of our people force is on the mission field um, as career missionaries. That's very, very exciting. Secondly, um, the elders wanted to devote four Sundays instead of the usual two uh, to highlight missions more prominently. You'll remember that four Sundays ago, actually it's six now, but uh, two Sundays before the kickoff of the missions conference, uh, Gordon and Alexi were here up front ministering. And uh, it was kind of a show and tell, if you will, of of an active uh, missions venture here at TCF, a here and now example. And I just want to mention, uh, I have Jerry's permission to mention this, that God really touched him as Alexi shared. And um, maybe some of the others of you were touched as well in that service. The next Sunday, the Sunday previous to our kickoff speaker, you remember Jim spoke on staying by the stuff. How many of you remember the first time he preached that message years ago? And it was such, a, such an important seminal message about those of us who probably will never go on the mission field full time, how important our role is here, staying by the stuff. That's from 1 Samuel 30, verse 24 and 25, about uh, David and his, his band of men who went to reclaim their people and, and cattle and and possessions from the Amalekites, and how some among his his band that went out didn't want to share the spoils with the people who stayed behind. And David said, no, that's not going to happen. The spoils are going to be shared between those who stay and those who go. Very important message. Then on the kickoff morning, we had who? Cole Richards, right, from VOM. Um, He spoke on staying sharp and maintaining an an eternal perspective. Then on Wednesday, we had a panel called The World at Our Door. And then Friday, Piercing the Darkness, God at Work Among the Muslims. And then finally, the keynote speaker, the last Sunday of the missions conference was our own Randy Harrison, speaking on God's strategy for worldwide expansion. One of the goals we had as well was to engage newer members in the call of God to missions here at TCF. I bet you've noticed that many people go to churches where they're unaware of the church's fundamental beliefs, doctrines, uh, philosophy of ministry, 
many times people are members of churches and they have, they have no clue what, what, what the church believes. And we don't want that to be the case here. And so we talk about our identity being a New Testament church, meaning that we're trying as best we can to pattern ourselves after uh, the church in the New Testament, particularly the book of Acts, that we have plural elders instead of a single pastor, and so on. But our unique calling is world missions. And if you look at your bulletin, every week the second line of the bulletin says training and going into the Lord's harvest. Sometimes it's written training and releasing into the Lord's harvest. We hoped that our newer members would catch the vision uh, which our calling, with our calling and fully be on board with it. A fourth goal that the elders talked about was to mobilize in new ways those who will stay by the stuff. And this is what I feel the that God through his Holy Spirit really focused in on for us. You know, most of us won't go overseas permanently. And uh, we've always taught from this pulpit that you either pray or give or go, some combination of that. If you can't go, pray and give. Remember messages along that line? But um, I know among the elders there was a, there was a, a longing for more than that for those of us who stay by the stuff. How can we get our hands dirty, as it were? How can we dig in more forcefully into this global mandate? You remember Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then lastly, we wanted to tear down the notion that Islam is an impenetrable monolith that cannot be pierced. Do you uh, give me a hearty amen that that, what, that notion was uh, addressed and forcefully so in our missions conference? Thus the theme of the Friday night panel, Piercing the Darkness, God at Work Among the Muslims, we remember... Uh, the stories we heard that night of how um, many Muslims are being impacted by the gospel. And uh, it made me think of Philippians 2, where Paul writes, starting in verse 9, Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And so these were, in my mind, our five goals as a leadership team for the missions conference. Now, we don't control what speakers, when we invite a speaker to come speak, they might ask, um, well, what, you know, what are you sensing from the Lord or what's your direction? But really, our input into what they should share is quite minimal. Uh, we don't control what they say. Uh, so at that point, we just went to prayer and um, asked you to pray with us about the missions conference.
And so let's move now to the main emphases of the Holy Spirit as I see it for you to compare uh, specifically the last two weeks of the conference. You remember that Cole Richards spoke and he said, keep an eternal perspective. Don't drift from valuing the spread of the gospel above all else. He mentioned that VOM has 44 mission leaders in 22 countries, that in one year they had accomplished 1,200 projects, uh, sent $24 million overseas, 1.2 million Bibles distributed, 4 million believers helped. What a tremendous organization. And I don't know about you, but for me, his message was uh, just mind-blowing. It was clear, clean water to my soul. Did any of you have that sense? Um, he reminded us that Richard Wormbrand made this church his home church when he was here in Tulsa years ago. He reminded us of VOM's partnership with one of our own elders, Joel Vasanen and Terry Law and World Compassion Ministries. He told us that he kept Jim Garrett's book, The Doulos Principle, right by his Bible on his desk for three years. What a wonderful uh, connection and sense of God doing something important through our church. He exhorted us to keep focus on the eternal and not the temporal. Stay sharp, he said. He said, if you focus on the temporal, you'll get discouraged. If you focus on the eternal, you'll get encouraged. Much like Hallett was saying about Corey Tenboom earlier. He said, avoid the cable news syndrome. Do you remember that? And uh, how many of you needed to hear that? Anybody other than myself? You know, you can get so into um, the cable news and all that is being reported and it just gets so depressing and it's not even a balanced view. It's just the sensationalism and the enemy using that to inflame passions. One statement he made that um, was just uh, so good is he said the important thing is not how old we are when we die. Do you guys remember him saying that? It was after he showed the picture of the two little girls, beautiful girls, who had been martyred. I think it was in Pakistan. Is that correct, Ray? Um, and I thought about that and thought how true that is, that once we know Jesus Christ, we are walking in eternity already. You know? Uh, we're in eternity today as believers. Uh, because we're going to live forever with Christ. Colossians says our life is hidden with Christ in God already. He said the Muslim field is ripe for harvest and that the internet and information and pro prosperity are eroding Islam, just like Christianity. And many are becoming atheists in the world and then eventually turning to Christ. He cited Egypt as an example where the Muslim Brotherhood have overreached and uh, people are turning away from Islam. He said, we have to resolve it that we might die. 
a martyr's death. But the Muslim fields are not a bloodbath for foreigners. I thought that was well said and something I needed to hear. He reminded us of the pearl of great price, didn't he? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and hid, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls, and upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Keeping an eternal perspective. At one point, he said, the decision is made It's worth it. He's worth it. I'm already gone, he said. And then he said, make good on the opportunities that are in front of us. A second uh, emphasis that I believe the Holy Spirit brought to me was an attitude adjustment. And this is the adjustment. The Muslims are not the enemy they are the lost. And the enemy is the enemy. I have to admit, when I came to the Friday night panel discussion, my heart was in turmoil uh, because of the pictures that Cole had showed of the African boys who had had their legs cut off. For some reason, the girls being martyred did, you know, didn't affect me the way that the boys losing a limb uh, did. And so I was just all in turmoil. And as the night progressed, progressed, God just ministered to that turmoil. I think most of it came through Randy um, Harrison pointing out who the re- real enemy is. And that, and that Muslims have as, as visceral a um, hatred toward us as we do toward them, and that the enemy wants to incite that, that visceral hatred, that they see us as so sexually immoral and eager to drop bombs in our imperialism. Then we heard stories of Muslims taking to the streets after a Christian was killed. And uh, that was good to hear, and not something you're going to hear on the cable news programs. It was good to hear that Muslims are reacting to Muslim-on-Muslim violence as well. And it, it heightened the idea for me that persecution is necessary to show the bankruptcy of Islam and the evil of radical Islam, not only to us, but to the Muslims themselves. I felt that was a wonderful, wonderful uh, point. It reminded me of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. A third and very strong emphasis of the conference was that truly... The world is at our door. How many of you saw that like you'd never perhaps seen it before or were impacted in your spirit about that? This was the emphasis and topic title of the Wednesday night panel, wasn't it? 
we learned that TU is about one-third international students. That's about 1,200 students from 73 foreign countries, approximately 600 Chinese, 300 Gulf Arabs, and another 300 from India and smaller nations. These are the numbers that uh, Terry Ligon has been uh, feeding me. This part of town that the church is in is called what? Little Mexico. And we minister at a school, Kendall Whittier, and the school we work with is well over 50% Hispanic. The obvious bears saying, we don't need to go overseas, do we, to do real missions work. We can do that right here in Tulsa. The world is at our door. I thank God for Terry Ligon and his work among the Muslim students. I think of the parishes who reach out to Rwandans here in Tulsa. I think of the shepherds who have ministered faithfully to Chinese students over the years. I think of the international community outreach at TU, uh, Welcomers International at TCC, a new ministry that we became aware of Wednesday night as Kara Cult came upon the recommendation of Terry Ligon and Terry Lillard uh, and spoke about her ministry. I'm thankful for the Good News Club team, our own Good News Club team at Kendall Whittier, ministering largely to Hispanic children. And I even thought of Heather and her work, uh, budding work with international worship, intercultural worship. So truly, the world is at our door. Another emphasis of the Holy Spirit is the gen, is, was that genuine friendship and love is what is needed to pierce the darkness. That was a comforting uh, thought to me, uh, just genuine friendship and love. Again, this came home primarily from the Wednesday night panel. Um, Story after story was told of how God arranged circumstances so that uh, international students were strongly witnessed to or came to Christ. Because ICO was there and Welcomers International was there and Terry was there and others were there, um, the shepherds, what was emphasized that night was practical helps, like picking up an international student from the airport or being a part of the furniture campaign for ICO, where um, you can uh, help distribute furniture uh, when they first come to the university. Trips to Walmart, trips to the doctor, trips to grocery stores. Um, the Thursday lunch, any of us can be a part of the Thursday lunch at TU uh, that's hosted for international students. Having students into our home, I got excited about that one about hosting uh, swim parties at our house for international students. You know, they long to be, right, Diane, to long to be in a, uh, an American home, especially at holiday times. And uh, that's something we can do. Diane has taken Chinese students on historical tours around Oklahoma, and she tells that uh, their favorite spot, or at least her favorite spot, is the Sod House. Uh, uh, where is that? Yeah, 
Yeah, I looked it up online. It was built by Marshall McCulley in 1894, just in case you want to know. But the point was made over and over and over that we just need to extend genuine friendship and the Lord will pretty much do the rest, that he will lead and guide and create the circumstances where they can hear the gospel. And then the last one is that the Great Commission is a corporate commission and we all have a part to play. Who was it that drove this point home? Randy, right, Randy Harrison. Our own missionary to the Ivory Coast talked on God's strategy for worldwide expansion. He compared the Christian endeavor of worldwide expansion to Coca-Cola. And he said that Coke is recognized by 95% of the world's population, that it's sold in almost every country of the world, that it's a $35 billion a year business, it's the 84th largest economy after Costa Rica, 700,000 employees. And then he went on to say how Coca-Cola, as a business, has to walk through certain steps that the Church of Jesus Christ also has to walk through to uh, accomplish world expansion. He said, Coke needs to develop a solid company underlying expansion that it needs to develop strategic planning for expansion, that it needs to train people to go overseas. Not all of Coca-Cola in the U.S. is going to go overseas. Certain ones are sent. That capital investments are made in those who go. People are trained. Send the people overseas to start new branches, developing support and supervision of overseas efforts, etc. Randy ended with this quote, and I'd like you to really pay attention to this quote. He said, every single gift and talent in this room, God put here for a purpose. And that purpose is to extend his kingdom throughout the earth. Every Christian must seek the Lord what part they are to play in the realization of this great mandate. If, if I had to boil down everything I'm saying, it would be to this line, this second line of what Randy said. Every Christian must seek the Lord what part they are to play in the realization of this great mandate. Okay, so Cole Richards said, take hold of the opportunities before you. That was what he ended his message with. Randy Harrison ended his message with, everyone plays a part. Seek the Lord for your part. And the Wednesday panel was saying, the world truly is at our door. So I want to look at some opportunities that surfaced or resurfaced during the missions conference for your consideration. First of all, there were at least um, three and I possibly four uh, different organizations that asked for prayer during our missions conference, prayer or prayer walking. First of all, TU, 
Wasn't it wonderful last, I think it was last week, when Terry shared about Al uh, coming over to the TU campus to do prayer walking. And um, Tom was telling me before the service that, uh, that Jody has started to insist that on their way to and from the church, they drive through TU so she can pray uh, while they're on the campus. And Tom, Tom was like, it's kind of a hassle, but I think it's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so if you would like to be a part of prayer walking or uh, praying for TU, uh, Terry has volunteered that you would talk to him and he will uh, work it out. Uh, Kendall Whittier, um, Jim read earlier in the intercessory prayer time that the principal of, of Kendall Whittier, Rhonda Kessler, is an ORU grad, and she has asked on numerous occasions, meetings Bill has been attending, that she would love for TCFers to come and walk through the building and pray for uh, Kendall Whittier schools. Amazing opportunity. We don't know what the logistics of that will look like yet, but Sue is committed to working that out with Rhonda, and so if you'd like to be a part of that effort, um, all of these things, by the way, you guys, there will be sign-ups out in the North Foyer. So, and the sign-ups are just indications of interest. You're not committing necessarily, but uh, feel free to think about signing up as we go. And then the Good News Club. Uh, I was talking to Sue about Kendall Whittier, and she made me aware, I didn't even know this, that Lynn Clutter is um, spearheading a, a prayer effort for the Good News Club at Kendall Whittier. And each week she sends out an e-newsletter with prayer points on it. And so if you would like to receive that, that uh, newsletter and prayer point uh, uh, document, you could see Lynn for that. And then also VOM uh, through Cole. Cole asked for prayer. I don't know if you remember, but he offered to get us a banner for the uh, persecuted church, and um, I wanted to remind you that every Sunday morning, I think it's at 9.30, isn't it, Al? And 9 o'clock, um, that a group meet upstairs in the prayer room right at the top of the stairs to pray for our missionaries and for the persecuted church and countries around the world. And there's been a few hearty souls over the years, but wouldn't it be wonderful for that room to be swamped on a Sunday morning with people wanting to pray. Maybe practical helps is where you like to do things. Again, the International Community Outreach at TU, you can see Terry. Uh, this again is the furniture distribution, um, helping students acclimate to Tulsa, providing rides, uh, being a friend, the Thursday lunch at TU. Also, if you have a connection at TCC, if you're there and um, you, like, you would like to minister in that context, perhaps Welcomers International would be a group for you. Uh, you could see Kara Culp. Uh, she's an adjunct professor of English as a second language. Um, she has a blog. Um, I couldn't find a website. Uh, well, I did find one website, but anyway. Do your own digging there. I was spending some time with uh, Tom Lotz yesterday, and T 
Tom is part of a soccer team called the Goonies. And it's for old guys uh, that aren't in very good shape. And uh, he said, have a little bit of a gut. And, uh, but the problem is, uh, in the soccer league, they, they don't play till about 12.30, 1 in the morning. And Tom says, I'm too old for that. I can't stay up that late anymore. And so he's found another venue to play soccer. And it's over at TU in one of the gymnasiums there. And lo and behold, through a contact, Tom is getting involved in playing soccer with international students. And so if you meet that criteria, uh, you might want to join Tom. Tom has offered to be the contact person. Uh, most Friday nights they play. I don't think Kirk could make the cut, right, Tom? He's, he's in too good a shape. Yeah. And then we want to uh, lastly announce a new initiative here at TCF, uh, and that is partnering with Literacy and Evangelism Internationals. Uh, a year or two ago, when we had our evangelism class after church, uh, Laura Guineri brought this to our attention, that this is a fine organization, and we could get training to uh, do tutoring and, and have English as a second language classes. So Bill and I met with uh, Laura's leadership over there, and we are going to, toward the end of the summer, um, ask LEI to come and train us to do two different types of tutoring. The first is a classroom setting, teaching ESL as part of a team. So that means you wouldn't have to be up front teaching every time, but you'd be part of a team that rotates um, to do that. So if a classroom setting sounds fun to you, um, this would be your baby. And then a second one is tutoring English literacy, helping someone one-on-one -on -one to learn, an English speaker, to learn to read and write. Laura and I did some of this in college, and we enjoyed that ministry very, very much. Each of these require about 10 hours of training, uh, anticipate some evening in the uh, some weekend in the summer, a Friday evening and a Saturday. Um, all materials will be provided. There's no cost. There'll be a comprehensive Bible discipleship curriculum covered in both. So, if you decide to do this, you'll have the satisfaction of knowing you are fulfilling Matthew 28:19. You will be discipling uh, through the materials either witnessing to an unsaved person through the Word of God, or if the person is saved, discipling them through Bible knowledge, stories, and principles. There's a, again, there's an indication of interest. Sign up in the North Foyer for each of these, whether you want to pray, pray walk, do practical helps and hospitality, ESL, literacy training opportunities. Again, um, none of these are firm commitments. We would just like to know if you're interested and uh, be able to contact you as things develop. In 1997, Gordon preached a message at the first of the year on what he called the TCF vision or a vision for TCF. Um, his last point in that message was unique. It's, it was a point that I'd never heard before, 
and really haven't heard since, but it stuck in my mind as a beautiful possibility. And that is that we could become, here at TCF, an international church, that our congregation could begin to reflect what will be true in heaven and begin to reflect what we are doing already on the mission field. And he um, used these verses from Revelation 5 and Revelation 7. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. He felt the Lord was going to make us a church, a representation of what God through us is doing on the mission field. Wouldn't that be phenomenal? What a blessing that would be. So, I'm wondering this morning if we could just, any who feel led, stand and as a way to say to the Lord, we are willing to make a greater and more direct missions involvement. And as Randy said, seek you about what part those of us who are to stay by the stuff, uh, what part we can play in this great, meeting this great mandate. So if you feel um, the stirring of the Holy Spirit, would you stand with me? Um, And let's just pray that God would show us our part and um, we would just um, dedicate ourselves to being willing to be led and directed in new ways. Heavenly Father, we don't want to, I don't want to manipulate people. I don't want to even any of us to manipulate ourselves. We simply want to say that, Lord, we make ourselves available to you to be mobilized in new ways, creative ways, Lord, to touch the nations of the earth, even in this city. Thank you for all the things you're doing. I know that I, I, I don't know all that you're doing through all our people. But Father, we just ask that you would um, motivate us, And give us a conviction, Lord, to do more, to be directly involved with the nations of the earth, even here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I want to thank you, Lord, and we want to thank you for the tremendous missions conference that you gave us. We don't want to just move on too quickly but we want to hear your voice clearly and respond 
as a church. Lord, if I missed it in some way, if there's some emphasis that is more important than these that I missed, I pray that you would bring that uh, into the light. But these things that, that I've highlighted, I pray that uh, they are accurate. And Lord, that we are hearing your voice clearly and that you want to open our eyes to the harvest right here in Tulsa and give us a hunger to reach the nations of the world right here. Other cultures, Father, thank you for all those that we know of who are already working in uh, these fields. But we pray for those of us who are still seeking you for direction, Lord, that you would show us what to do, what to be involved in, what to commit to, creative ways and fun and engaging, even hard ways that you would have us be a part of your great mandate. We love you, Lord. We thank you so much for our church, for our family of God here, all that you're teaching us and doing through us. Thank you for these fine speakers you brought to us. Thank you for our own missionaries, Lord. Thank you for the sense that we are in the center of your will, doing what we have been called to do, and you are deepening and broadening that calling. We uh, pray that we'll not forget these things, but we'll, we'll reflect on them in the weeks and months ahead and find creative ways once again to impact the nations of the world here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We bless you, Lord. We rely on your leading. We say we are nothing without you, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.